Do you have older kids at home kind of embarking on the teenage years or in the midst of their teens? You may notice your kids fighting for more independence, wanting to be let off that leash that we hold oh so tightly. I am feeling that right now. And mama, it is so hard to let go. How do we hold them loosely so that when it's time, we can release them out into the world knowing they are ready to embrace it? Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals his way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon, and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me, because I know you will come out stronger. Hey friend, welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I am so glad that you are tuning in with me today. I know in a world of noise, you could be anywhere right now, and I just love that you've chosen to hang out with me. So today, we're talking about holding our kids loosely and really letting them go, but I'm not an expert on this topic. I'm actually just learning as I go. So I'm really coming from the perspective of what I'm trying Uh, Maybe some things that I'm seeing are working or some things that I've learned along the way, but I am in by no means an expert. Um, So you're just going to get to learn from all my mistakes. How's that? (laughs) I'm in the trenches still trying hard to be okay with letting go of the reins and allowing my children to make their own mistakes and to grow, giving them that opportunity to take risks and to experience life and um, really to see what God has for them. So first today, I really want to talk about the reasons why we need to hold our kids loosely. I know this topic is really hard because it's like we know that we're supposed to do this, right? But it's so hard. It's really hard. And we're going to talk about why that's hard. But first, let's talk about some things uh, why we need to. And Really, the first thing is that you want them making mistakes under your roof, not when they venture off on their own. Think about this. What if we never let them make mistakes while they were young? What's going to happen when they venture off into college or the workforce or wherever they go when they leave your home? They're not going to know how to make them. And they may revert to being wild children, right? Or wild adults, you know? And so really letting them make mistakes while they're with you is a great place, a great training ground because we can have those conversations. Once they make the mistake, then we can talk to them about what was the mistake? What did you learn from it? How can we reverse this? How can we move forward? Um, and I know it's hard. I have a hard time letting my kids make mistakes. I want them to be perfect, right? But no one's perfect. There's only one perfect and none of us are that person. So you want them to make mistakes under your roof. That's one thing I can come back to. I come back to, I'd rather them make mistakes now than to go experiment and make their mistakes later. I'd rather be able to train them because that's what we're called to do. We're called to train them up in the Lord. 
And then when they're old, they won't part from it, right? And so that's one of the reasons we need to hold them loosely. The second reason is because your children aren't perfect. So don't make it hard for them to make mistakes. That's a hard one for me. I think because I think I see my children as perfect in a way. Like I have this lens that they can do no wrong. Like, I don't know if you've ever, um, you know, when they say, oh, Billy Bob was so mean to me and he said this and that and, and all that stuff, you know, and um, I'm like, oh, I just can't stand that kid or whatever. But then you realize there's a second part of that story and your kid probably did something to instigate it or you're, your kid's not innocent in some of, you know, sometimes. And, um, but you want to believe them and you want to think that they can't make a mistake and they can't be the, the naughty kids sometimes and things. And, um, but we need to see them through the lens that they aren't perfect. We shouldn't expect perfection. Should we expect them to, excellence to do their best. Yeah, we should expect that, but we can't expect them to be perfect all the time, to always be good because innately we are sinful beings. We all fall short every single day. Like, I don't know how many times I have to apologize to my kids for, um, you know, getting angry or um, talking too soon, like actually reacting right away without taking time to think about things and respond. Um, and so we shouldn't expect our kids to do that either, you know? So it's it's important for them for is it well actually it's important for us to not be make it hard for them to make mistakes. Like we don't want them to make a mistake, right? And if they keep making the same mistake over and over again, I think that's a different conversation. Like there are consequences for our mistakes. But if they don't learn that, if they don't get to make a mistake and understand that and learn what the consequences are and be able to take the personal responsibility, then it's going to be harder for them in life. It's going to be harder for them when they get out in the real world into the workplace and realize they make mistakes all the time. We just covered it up. So don't make it hard for them. The third reason we need to hold them loosely, and this is probably one of the most important reasons, is because... Your children are God's given to you as a gift. Like he gave them, he gave us our children to raise. They are a gift to us, but they're not ours. Ultimately, they're his. They are children of God and we have to allow God to work in them. If we try and take control, which I'm really good at trying to do, I don't know about you, but I like control. But if we take control of it all and we don't let them make mistakes and we want them to be perfect, or if we try and control the situation, we're not giving room for God to grow them. We're not giving room for the Holy Spirit to nudge them, to help them to see and hear the things of the Holy Spirit right? So when they make a mistake, we want them to feel that nudge like, oh, that was wrong. We want them to understand that. But if we cover it up or if we don't let them, if we hold them too tightly, they're not going to be able to take that responsibility. They're not going to be able to really hear and listen for the Holy Spirit. So remembering that our children are God's. They're his children. We just get them for a time. They are a gift to us. 
So I know that we need to hold them loosely. I know these things and the things I just said, but it's hard, right? It's really, really hard to do these three things. But why? Why is it so hard to allow them to make mistakes? The number one reason I think it's hard to allow them to make mistakes is because I don't want their mistakes reflecting bad on me. That sounds so selfish, doesn't it? But I bet you I'm not the only one. Their mistakes are a reflection of you. Or are they? Right? So we think their mistakes are a reflection of us. People are going to judge us how we parent. People are going to judge our kids. They're going to judge our values and all these things. If somebody, if our kid makes a mistake, do you ever think that way? But here's the thing. We think that their mistakes are a reflection of us, but they're not. Their mistakes are theirs. They get to make those choices. And so, yes, it feels like it's a reflection on us, like we're doing something wrong or we're a bad parent or people are going to judge us. But that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Let people judge you. (laughs) You know, like they're going to judge you anyway, so whatever. It doesn't matter. You don't want their mistakes reflecting bad on you, but that's not the case. Like, we need to teach them how what to do when they make a mistake. The second reason that it's really hard for us to allow them to make mistakes, or at least for me, is it's really hard to see my kids fail. Do you feel that? I bet you anything. You hate to see your kids fail. You hate to see them lose. You hate to see them get a bad grade. You hate to see these things. And the reason is because you love them so much. You want them to succeed. You're always going to be rooting for them. You're their number one cheerleader. You're the number one fan. So you hate to see it when they fail. But guess what? Again, we all fail. And if we're not allowed to fail, we're not going to learn how to succeed. We fail way more than we succeed. I think about this with gymnastics even. And my older two are competitive gymnasts. My oldest is an elite. And they're in practice like 25 hours a week. They practice diligently. They understand discipline and commitment and a love for a sport, right? But what I see is when they're practicing, they fail way more than they succeed. They are falling. They are making little tiny mistakes. And that's because they're learning. They're growing in their sport. But that's why gymnastics is such a tough sport because You don't just get on a high bar and have a great routine all the time. No. You fall. You make a little mistake. Your legs come apart. You're sloppy. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. And if they were so concerned about failing all the time, they would have quit a long time ago. And I think that's one of the things I love about the sport, too, is that They really learn how to fail and how to get back up and to do it again, right? And I think so many adults, so many of us (laughs) don't want to do that. We'd rather just quit. So we can learn a lot from uh, the diligence that these kids have as athletes these days because there is such discipline and commitment and failure that comes along with it. 
I think about that with gymnastics as well, because in a meet, they only get one chance. It's not like a hour long soccer game where if they make a mistake, they can maybe come back from it and, uh, you know, hit the goal the next time, right? Um, they get one chance. And if they mess it up, they mess it up. So it's one of those things that it's really, really hard to see them fail. So I remember a mentor of mine saying once she was kind of a a mentor through speaking, uh, but I always loved listening to her because she was so gracious. She was so wise and had gone before me really in uh, the kid arena. And she said, I can't take credit for all the good things my kids have done. And I can't take credit for all the bad either. That stuck to me because I feel like sometimes we live vicariously through our kids. We want to win through our kids. And um, you see that a lot when when parents push their kids in sports, when they push them. Like I even see in Gavin's wrestling, he's only seven. He's seven years old. And these parents at wrestling are sometimes brutal and they're so hard on their kids, like four or five, six-year-old kids. And these kids are sad and crying and the kid, the parents don't like it. And I'm like, they're four and five. And well, don't we want to instill a love for the sport more than like a competitiveness in the beginning where you just push them and push them and push them. But I feel like parents will push their kids because they want one, we want better for our kids than we had, right? But we want to almost live vicariously through them. The things that we couldn't do, we want them to be able to do which isn't a bad thing, but it is if we take too much control of it, right? And so we can't take credit for the good things that they do because they did them. Yeah, we maybe had a part of it, right? But it's the same thing. We can't take credit for all the bad that they do. Maybe we had a part of it. I mean, if you're not parenting, (laughs) maybe that is a part of it. But for the most part, we are working hard to help our kids grow. So if they make a mistake, you can't take all the credit for it. That's not on you. They're going to make mistakes. It's what they do with that mistake. It's what they do moving forward. Once they fail, are they going to get back up, brush themselves off, and keep going? Are they going to learn from that mistake? Or are they going to continue to repeat it and stay in that cycle? And that's the part that we get to help with, right? That's the part we get to train them in and we get to teach them, help mold them. So you can't take credit for all the good things that your kids do. And you can't take credit for all the bad. So stop getting down on yourself when your kids make a mistake. You grow too. We all grow in it, don't we? Because I have to grow as a parent to understand how to deal with it. Sometimes I deal with it right and sometimes I deal with it wrong. Sometimes I just get angry. And that's not the way to be. Like I want to have that conversation. I want it to be open so that they know they can come to me. They can trust that I'm not going to fly off the handle. That I'm going to respectfully talk through this with them. Yes, they will have consequences because consequences and discipline are a part of the learning process. But the consequences are put there for a reason. Like we are God's children and he disciplines us. But we shouldn't be afraid of that discipline because he's teaching us, he's molding us and shaping us to be better people, 
right? And that's what we're doing as parents. So what are some things we try to hold tightly to? At least for me, these are the things that I'm like, I just want to hold on to this, right? Our ideals of what we want our kids to be like or who we want our kids to become. Do you hold tightly to that? I mean, I, I do see who my kids could become. I, I really have all these visions and all this, um, all these goals for them, right? But sometimes we can hold too tightly to what we want for our kids and we forget about what they want. How about our dreams for our kids? Like it, that kind of fits in there with the ideals, but I bet you when they, when your first child was born, right away you started having dreams for them. Oh my goodness, there could be uh, the president of the United States one day, or they could, I'm so excited for them. I hope it's they're going to be an athlete and they're going to love the sport that they do, maybe the sport that I did. And, you know, you can start dreaming up all these things for them and we can hold so tightly to what we want them to dream. And we forget that they have their own dreams. We need to mold ourselves to what their dreams are and support them in their dreams and not put our dreams on them. How about worrying about them, you know, like all the time? (laughs) I worry about my kids all the time. I worry that they're going to slip and fall and break their leg. I worry about them being in a car accident. I worry about them falling off the high bar. I worry about them tripping while they walk. Like really, I worry about everything about them. I worry that they're going to have a good day. I worry about bullies. I worry about them being nice to others and being respectful. I, you know what? I also worry about a lot of things that are never going to happen. And I think as moms, we tend to do that. We tend to get fixated on all the really terrible, bad things that could happen, probably because of the media and all the bad things they, they talk about, but things that probably aren't going to. And if they do, we can deal with it then. Like, why are we wasting our life worrying? And again, ultimately, they're gods. We got to give that worry to him and say, these kids are yours. You protect them. You be there for them. Help me not to have that worry, right? But we hold tightly to that worry. It's almost like a badge of honor for us moms. If we're not worried about our kids, we're not a good parent. We're not a good mom. No. That's not true. (laughs) Yes, some worry is healthy, right? But not the overly fixated worrying about the future that probably isn't going to happen. That doesn't help anyone. And that just instills fear in our kids if we put that on them. That's not what we want to do. How about we try to hold tightly to the decisions we want them to make? (laughs) Yeah, you know, not the decisions that they want to make. But we want them to make those decisions. And it probably goes back to the whole, um, their mistakes reflect badly on you. Like they're a reflection of you, which they're not. But we think that way. But we want them to make the right decisions. And when we think about the right decisions, we think about the decisions we would make. We think about the right decisions based on our own ideas. Rather than letting them make the decisions for themselves, and dealing with those consequences, whether whether they're good or bad consequences. 
we want to tell them what to do, right? We want to tell them what decision to make. But how about we just ask them some good questions? What if we ask them, what will be the consequences of that decision? Do you think that's the best decision for you? Why do you think that's the best decision for you? What are some alternatives? Have you thought this through? And really just guiding them as a coach, but then ultimately letting them make the decision. Yeah, that's hard. (laughs) Super hard. I'm working on that one. Um, And lastly, how about the values we want them to hold? We hold tightly to the ideas of them having the exact same values as us, the exact same morals, which is a good thing to want, right? And I think we should be prayerful about that and pray that they make good decisions, that they they create the values that are good, values that are godly, that they want what is true and right and beautiful and lovely. But we can't force things on them. We can only guide them. I think about that even with... Um, the faith with going to church. Like I want them to want that. But if I force things on them, it's going to push them away. So that's like, there's a balance, right? Because as a family, this is what we do. You're in my family. These are the values we hold as a family. But am I, do I hold too tightly? What if they ch- decide that that something that we have as a value is not their value? We have to let go and let God really, we need to be prayerful and not hold so loosely. But when they're under our roof, do they go to church? Do they hear about God all the time? Do we do devotionals together? As much as we can, yes. We do those things and we expect that of them. But then we're praying that they keep the values. They want to keep it for themselves and that they want to make the faith their own. I don't ever want them to have my faith. I don't want them to just do it because I said they should. I want them to have a conviction. I want the Holy Spirit to nudge them. I want them to want it for themselves. I want them to dive into it themselves and to study it themselves and really get to know the word and get to know God. But if I force it on them, it's probably not going to happen. And that's something I'm working on too. Because like I said, I want them to hold the values we have, but I can't hold so tightly because they may make a different decision. And then I need to know what to do with that, right? So Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This does not say it's going to be perfect, or there won't be a prodigal child, or, you know, they'll stick right with your values exactly 100%, but it is a promise. It's a promise that if we train them, If we are their coach and we guide them and we hold them loosely, we let them make some mistakes under our roof, but then we teach them through it, we will know that what we did is what we needed to do and they will have that truth ingrained in their spirit. And then we just pray like mad and let the Holy Spirit do the work. I want more than anything for my boys to grow to love the Lord with all their hearts and to make an impact for his kingdom. I want them to do what's good and honorable and true. But I have to do my best for them and allow them some looser reins to figure themselves out and make their mistakes. And like I said, pray like mad for God to direct them, for God to do the work because he's the one that changes hearts. What I've found is that when I allow them to make a mistake, 
and I don't get all up in arms and at them. Like I don't go mama bear, you know, why did you do that? That was wrong. And this is, you know, and just start throwing up all over them. (laughs) When I come to them with grace and love, then we can have a conversation and do the training part. I would say I'm maybe half and half on that. Like usually I do kind of throw up on them. <laughs> and that's something I am wor- like I told you, I'm in the I'm in the midst of this right now. So I'm just telling you what I'm doing, what's working for me and what I've learned, but I want that door open with them. It doesn't always turn out the way I want, but we are like coaches to our kids. We're training them. We're training them to be ready for adulthood. Because we're not raising children. We're raising adults, right? We're raising them to be adults. We don't want them stuck in childhood thinking forever. So we have to help them train their thinking. But we can't do that without allowing them to make some decisions and some mistakes. So what happens if we don't allow them to make mistakes? What happens if we cover for them every time they do make one? Well, one thing I know for sure is they won't develop personal responsibility. They will blame others for their shortcomings. Have you seen that in the world these days? Like seriously, have you seen that? I feel like no one wants to take personal responsibility anymore. There is no personal accountability or responsibility. We're always blaming everyone else for what we do wrong, for the mistakes we make. It's never our fault. I feel like that's the world. It's never their fault. People aren't going to admit when they're wrong. They're just going to keep covering it up by making excuses, placing the blame other places. And that is not what I want for my kids. That's not what I want for myself. It's hard not to do that, isn't it? (laughs) By nature, we want to cover it up. We want to cover up our mistakes and our shortcomings. Because we don't want to feel like we're falling short. But we all fall short. So it's probably better for us just to admit it and to take that personal responsibility and to say, I'll do better next time. I kind of think of the privileged kids, I guess, in the movies, you know, where the parents are super well off, so they just pay off whoever it is, um, that they need to cover up their kids' mistakes so they don't really, the kids can make mistakes. They actually can make a lot of mistakes. They just cover them up, right? Um, Or maybe even the parents who will get into the business of their kids' sports, like they you hear about the political side of sports. Well, there is a political side. There is really a, and that's when the parents get too involved and they force the coaches to let their kids play or to pay attention to them or to make it all about their kid. They're not getting the playing time because they're maybe not the best, but they're getting it because the parents are controlling the coach, right? Have you seen that? Um, I don't think that teaches our kids to work harder and to take responsibility to prove their spot on the team. Like, I want my kid uh, doing the things because they're the ones that should. Like, I want it because they're the best or because at that moment they're going to help the team. I don't want them in there just because I'm the one fighting for them to get in there, right? I want them to work hard. I want them to prove themselves. Like, I I remember in um, high school, I loved basketball. Basketball was my sport, but it was really political in high school. I'm not going to lie. And I'm not going to make excuses because I wasn't the best player. I was like five foot and um, I was actually a really good uh, ball handler. Like I could dribble really well and I, you know, took offensive fouls a lot. I was quick and so really, really good and actually a 
pretty good three-point shooter and outside shooter. Um, but I was definitely not the best, right? But sometimes I actually wished my parents would step in like other parents did because a lot of parents did. A lot of parents controlled the coaches and you could see it. But my parents never did. And they told me, they said, we're not going to do that. We know that things are rough. We know that you're not getting the playing time that you maybe even deserve. But we're not going to step in there. We're not going to talk to coaches. And honestly, now looking back, I'm grateful they didn't do that. That they did stand their ground on that. Even though they could see I was hurting, they could see that things weren't completely fair. Looking back now, I can see that I really did have to train harder. Every time I got time on the court, I had to make it mean something. I had to fend for myself to prove my value on the team. I was never the best, but I was good. And I knew I was good. But did it, I kind of felt like a failure when I wasn't being utilized the way I should have been. My year had, actually my senior year had a really good team. And many of the girls had played together on the traveling team for years. I maybe wasn't varsity starting material, but I did hold my own with everyone. And the thing is, I was always overlooked for the rebuilding because for some reason, our high school basketball team, the coaches always wanted to work to rebuild. (laughs) But what I thought was frustrating is that our team, our senior year, had some of the best players in years in that school and probably could have gone really far. But they were coaches were always too focused on the future years of when the team would be good. And they kind of forgot to forget. They forgot how to make the team they already had a winning team. And honestly, if they would have focused on that part, our team probably could have gone a lot further than they did. Uh, we really were slotted to be one of the favorites my senior year. But our best player injured her knee. And as soon as she was out, it was like we all forgot how to play together. Of course, that's another topic for another day. Because your team isn't a team just because of one person. But for some reason, that happened. Uh, And you know what? I learned a lot in my basketball years. Basketball was and is still one of my favorite sports. And even though it was tough for me, I learned a ton of lessons by my parents letting go, not holding me tightly, and making me deal with the politics of the sport. I believe it made me stronger and able to deal with difficult people, 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 <laughs> made me deal with difficult people later on in life. Like that's an important skill to learn, right? But if we hold so tightly to our kids and we cover up their mistakes or we, you know, talk to the coaches for them and do all these things, then they aren't going to learn how to deal with difficult people or difficult situations. So how about if we allow them to make mistakes And then make them deal with the consequences, right? Isn't that an important piece of parenting? This teaches them how to be responsible. Let it be hard for them sometimes. I think sometimes we want it to be easy for our kids. I get like that. I'm like, oh, I wish it were easier, you know? But let them deal with their consequences. This teaches them how to be responsible. Life is hard. And if they don't learn now, they're going to learn later. But it may be too late to train them in the way to go. It may be too late to coach them. We want them learning under our roof. So I just want to recap some of the reasons we need to hold them loosely. 
three reasons. You want them making mistakes under your roof, not when they venture off on their own. Your children aren't perfect, so don't make it hard for them to make mistakes. And your children are God's given to you as a gift to raise. We have to allow God to work in them. So why is it hard to allow them to make mistakes? The two big reasons, at least for me, you don't want their mistakes reflecting back on you. We feel like their mistakes are a reflection of us, even though they're not. And it's hard to see your kids fail because you are going to be their biggest cheerleader. What are some things that we try to hold loosely or hold tightly to? There's five things. Our ideals of what we want our kids to be like or who we want our kids to become. Our dreams for our kids. Worrying about them all the time. The decisions we want them to make and the values we want them to hold. Is it hard to hold loosely? Is it hard to let go? Oh yeah, (laughs) for sure. Am I having a hard time doing it? Yeah, I'm having a really hard time doing it. I'm having a hard time letting go of control and letting God do the work. But I'm learning. I'm growing right alongside my kids. And when I do loosen the reins a little bit, I do get to see the kinds of men my boys are becoming. Even though it's sad to me as a mom and it may feel like I'm losing them, it's also such a blessing to know that they want to do what's right. They want to do what's respectable. They want to prove themselves in this world. And I have to let them do that. I have to let them grow. I have to know that my prayers are working, that what I'm doing to guide them is working. And I have to let go and let God. Let go and let them make some decisions, make some mistakes. And you do too. I'm in this with you together. I am in the trenches right now learning this. I'm learning not to react, but to respond. I'm learning how to ask for forgiveness, to feel like that happens all the time. Or, well, it should. I have to let down my pride and my ego to ask for forgiveness when I mess up. Because I mess up a lot. Parenting isn't easy. There's no like real rule book or guidebook that says step by step, this is how it's going to work and you're going to raise amazing kids. (laughs) It doesn't work like that because we're all different. Our kids are all different. They all need different things. But one thing I know is they need us to hold loosely. They need us to let them make some choices and make some mistakes. So I want to just leave us. I just want to pray. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your kids. And as we do this together, as we let go and hold loosely, dear father, I just thank you so much for these parents, these mamas who want more than anything to raise little men and women of God who want to help their kids grow and flourish and to reveal their gifts and to help them along the way, who want them to have good values, who want them to make good decisions, who want them to be have a personal self-responsibility and a love for you that is ever growing every day. Lord, I pray that you help us to just hold loosely to our kids, knowing that they are yours and that you will protect them and you will grow them. 
Lord, we don't really know what the will, your will is for each of our kids. We don't really know the decisions they're going to make and the people they're going to become, but we pray that you will mold and shape them into the men and women that you want them to be and that you will help us just to be their best guides, to be their best examples, to be their coach and come alongside them and help them grow. Lord, you know our kids better than we do, but we love them so much with an everlasting love and help us to remember that you love us with an everlasting love too and that you love our kids with an everlasting love and help us to hold loosely to those reins and to let go when the time is right. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Mama, I hope this blessed you. I know letting go is hard. It's very, very hard. (laughs) I'm doing this with you. But in all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your gifting, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.